in a way, this is kind of the Apostle Paul's camp experience, if you will. Uh, it's <laughs> the Arabian Desert. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit overly simplistic. But I, I do think the idea of getting away, uh, you know, for the sake of intensive spiritual growth has some precedent in that text. Here we go! Impress them on your children. Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. All right, Tony, we're back at it. Uh, got refreshed, a little water. You still good? I am good. I got some water, yeah. It's uh, getting through that. Long afternoon, though. Yes, uh, I can feel that. Well, I know we were talking earlier, you mentioned you've got a lot of camps going on. I know our students here just got done with camp this past week, and so it can be a busy time in the summer. Um, do you remember the movie Heavyweights? I do, yes, of course. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, so I remember laughing a lot as a kid watching that movie uh, with the, the crazy fitness guru Ben Stiller played and uh, the overweight kids that went to Camp Hope. Not in the movie, they called it Fat Camp. Uh, mm-hmm. I know now that probably wouldn't be acceptable, but that was 1995. But there's a Christian camp here in Georgia that's called Camp Hope. And that movie, Heavyweights, released just a few months before my one and only trip to Camp Hope. And I saw it before going. It's like, oh, man, I wonder if Camp Hope's going to be like this. Uh, Now, thankfully, my experience at Camp Hope wasn't quite like uh, the young man Jerry's experience with Tony Perkis. Um, (laughs) But I actually did not have a fantastic experience at Camp Hope. And, you know, I know many people that have gone who have. And the reason I went was because a good friend, um, he had gone, enjoyed it. And so I went with him. And so no, uh, no dissing of Camp Hope here, but it was a unique experience and there was some stuff that went on there um, it that, sounds that like made it, it kind of unpleasant for me. But yeah. did you It sounds like go... it was pretty camp, pretty much Camp Hopeless for you, though. <laughs> yeah. I never went back, you know, but thankfully uh, it didn't, like, turn me away from the faith or something. And it wasn't a fat camp, you know, just sort of general... But uh, did you ever go to any kind of camp or particularly to summer church Christian camp as a teenager? Because I know you became a Christian as a teenager. Uh, yeah. What would that look like for you? Uh, good question. So I, I don't think I ever even went to a secular camp. You know, We didn't do those kind of things. I mean, my parents had a cottage on the lake in Wisconsin, so that kind of met some of that kind of stuff. But we never really did the those kind of things. But um, I did go on two youth missions trips. Uh, you know, I know sometimes mission trips can be campy, or uh, <laughs> not like in that sense, but camp-like. Uh, and actually, we've got a mission trip coming up that's kind of half camp, half mission trip. Uh, but it wasn't one of those they uh, at all. I mean, they were to New Orleans and to Mexico, which, you know, New Orleans after Katrina isn't exactly, you know, uh, like one of the camp movies. So, uh, But the first camps I actually went on uh, were a chaperone. So 
the first times I ever went in any kind of camps uh, were when I went as chaperones. Okay. How about you, Ben? Yeah. Well, so I, I had been involved in some camps uh, as a chaperone, and I found that I was much more tired at the end of it. Now, partly because you're older, partly because you're responsible for people and you're having to, to work. But yeah, as a kid, I think I, I was seven years old. I tagged along to my first camp uh, with my parents. They were like chaperones for this youth camp at our church. And I actually got hung on the the bedpost by my underwear by a kid that was like 16 or 17 years old. Um, and so thankfully my dad didn't hurt the kid because he was very upset with him. And I, my dad found out later the kid ended up in prison. Um, not for that, but for other, he was on a bad trajectory. Um, I went to the kids camp a little bit later and then I, towards the end of high school, went to a few youth camps. Um, before, some of the time in between, I don't know if it wasn't an option or if I was out of town or just didn't want to go or whatever it was. But um, why do you think that the American church makes such a big deal about camp? I mean, I can't speak to other places and I'm sure some places it's not really a financial option, but uh, why, why do we celebrate it so much here? Yeah, it was an interesting question you asked. You know, I, I'm actually, I wonder, I'm, I'm not as sure that they do as overtly. You know, I was trying to do some research. Uh, to me, it seems more like camps are often more of an upper middle class thing, uh, more than a Christian thing, which is funny because camps historically uh, were meant as retreats from urban kids uh, originally. But uh, I think perhaps part of the big deal is a kind of revivalism. Maybe that's kind of impacting. Uh, and maybe you and, you know, I'm not from the South. Uh, maybe for you in the South, it was more of a, a big deal than, you know, I, I don't even know a lot of people that went to Christian camp that, that went to like my Christian high school and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe that's my perspective so yeah and certainly I, I think some of my look at it is just from personal perspective it seems to be a celebrated thing now i knew a few people that went to some it was just an independent camp you know like camp hope that i mentioned earlier not the you know tony perkins camp hope um but just it was this independent thing and my wife went to a camp once or twice up in new york where she was growing up but uh as far as churches going and, and running their own camp or going to some place like say student life or centrifuge um, I, different denominations have camps things like that um, <clears throat> I, I think you know we like big events we like spectacles uh, ministry has become juvenilized and in many ways and I think you're right some of the, the history of revivalism um, it can be seen as this big rah-rah thing and uh, this is the how God's going to show up and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's what we want to really dig into. Um, uh, just thinking about it, biblically and theologically, and uh, the wisdom of it. So, um, and I think we would say, like, I'm not exactly sure where you're going to land on all this, but uh, the fact that we participate in it, it's not something the Bible commands us to do, but it's not something that's necessarily sinful, and, and there can be definite benefit to it. So just, you know, spoiler alert. So what do you think about kids camps in particular because some of this is going to relate more to youth but what do you think about it because it is a different ball game when you're taking seven-year-olds to camp versus 17-year-olds yeah uh, I think it can be a helpful way for them to have intense study and reflection uh, you know I'm aware that I I'm very much aware that some 
kids camps can be particularly bad. Yeah, I know uh, multiple people have had bad experience, uh, you know, more than just that camp hope, uh, although I don't know much about that either. So <laughs> separating families when they're most able to be together, I think, has some concerns. So to me, that is one legitimate aspect that you can think about. I, I know so many families that, you know, they rarely get the kind of time with their kids that they get during the summer. And uh, parents are the primary disciples. And, uh, you know, I know of cases where, you know, kids are going to VBS every week and then the week they're not at VBS they're at camp and, and I, I don't think that's, a, that's an idea I'm thrilled with as somebody in favor of parental discipleship but beyond that I don't think it's necessarily good or bad it can have benefits or drawbacks both ways. How have you been? Yeah I think that's an even handed look at it. I think it can be helpful. I will say it seems like an enormous amount of stress and some of the risks involved particularly with little kids um it's not something that I really was eager to pursue. And I was talking about it with uh, my boss and senior pastor. And I just mentioned that. He goes, well, here, I'll make it easy. You, you can't go. Um, and, and he is definitely on the side of we need to be conservative in our management of risk and trying to protect children and that kind of thing. And so um, that's not something we do at our church, at least at this point. I don't know in years past what was done and I went to a kids camp one time and I, as a teenager I went and helped for a couple of days at my church was running a camp like and then and they had a lot of adults and things like that but that, there are some risks there and also just taking small children away especially from their parents and they're like oh and they it, there's just a lot that can go wrong uh, so to me to in my personal opinion the risk and the headaches seem to outweigh the benefit but uh, I don't think it's a it's a you know, you can't do it. So, Tony, what are some good biblical and theological elements related to camp that might commend it? I mean, I think most especially of the uh, time where uh, Jesus says, uh, make sure to bring your children to camp. And uh, if you do bring the kids to camp, make sure that they don't uh, do too many uh, pranks. They can do a couple, but beyond that, that's fine. Uh, but no, Jesus didn't say that. <laughs> uh, so not, the Bible doesn't obviously not to directly address this, but I, I think there's some biblical principles in it. So Galatians 1, 16 through 17 says, uh, It was pleased to reveal a son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go to Jerusalem. This is Paul speaking. Uh, to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So, in a way, this is kind of the Apostle Paul's camp experience, if you will. Uh, it's, <laughs> the Arabian Desert. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit overly simplistic. But I, I do think that stretches that mean that it definitively should happen. Uh, I, I also think perhaps this can relate to, you know, in theology, uh, theology of fellowship, uh, you know, getting a, getting young people together with other Christians that value Christ more than just their secular friends and getting to build those friendships, uh, I think can be a helpful theology of fellowship and unity in the body, I suppose, you know. I, I think those are about the limit to which I could, uh, you know, really dig out of the barrel for this one, not going to lie to you, <laughs> What about you? Well, I mean, really, that, that was I was thinking along those same lines. I think there is something to be said for getting away from distractions to focus on the Lord and doing it with other believers. And sometimes there are folks there who are lost, but they're at least open to hearing Bible taught. And so uh, I, I think when 
you know, cell phones, I mean, that was not an issue as much 10, 15 years ago. But now that it is, when those distraction machines can be removed if possible, yes. uh, then I think that can really enhance it. Um, and, and I know that was one of the, ex- the experiences of our students who went up to camp last week. They were out in the kind of foothills of South Carolina up in the upstate, and they had horrible cell phone reception. So it was probably it was a blessing that that was the case because uh, I think it can just it can be. I'm just not a big fan of, of teenagers and cell phones, and uh, I know it's just a reality. But if the point is to go focus on the Lord, you don't need to check your Instagram every, you know, two minutes. Um, Man, kids so, and cell phones, too. I will tell you what. That's one thing, you know, we have experienced so many kids around here. Uh, maybe it's just in our neck of the woods, but a lot of even young kids, you know, can, you know, early elementary have cell phones, too, now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the average age uh, is 10 years old to get a smartphone. That's crazy. And my daughter just turned ten uh, about two weeks ago, and well, <laughs> not not going to happen for us. But so, are there any bad or at least questionable or kind of give you pause kind of biblical and theological issues related to camp? Yeah. So, uh, one thing I will say about this, I, I think you know I've been mostly ne- more what I've said has been negative, but, but it's funny because I actually do. Uh, we're taking our kids to Centricid, uh, some kids from the church of Centricid camp, in about a month from this. And I will say, Centricid, uh, it's at the where we're going at least, is truly outstanding and one of the most gospel-centered uh, resources to kids that I know of. Uh, and I, I really have no regrets about that. Uh, so, but it, just for what it's worth. But they answer um, that your question on the negative potentially. So I think. These kind of things really, really seldom rely on uh, a biblical idea of sanctification or growth in Christ. Uh, biblically, sanctification is always supposed to be progressive. You know, it's it's over a long time. It's it's chip uh, chipping away at, at wickedness progressively each and every day, right? Uh, but. I think very, very few camps are going to be built in a way that they they think that progressive sanctification rather than kind of the mountaintop sanctification is is helpful. So, uh, and I think often leaders in these kind of things lack biblical and theological training. I, I think that Sendra Kid, to my experience, is an exception, but I have found definitively that it tends to be the case that there's a lack of biblical and theological training at these kind of things, you know. Even to the extreme degree, I, again, I know of a camp, this is more of a winter camp, uh, where a, a, I know of a teen that was, that's pretty clearly not a Christian as a young adult now, uh, and that this teen was actually baptized at a, at a camp, and, and I think that's really, really terrible theology that would allow that to happen. Uh, and, and lastly, yeah, so, uh, and that lastly, I think related to that, I think definitively these kind of things can overstep the church. And, and you know, one legitimate way that that can happen, I think, is as even in pulling away from the local church uh, so that people have to choose between uh, being faithful and attending on Sunday and going to the exciting camp. So uh, what do you think, Ben? I like what you said. I think to there can be a bunch of hype and amusement sometimes or often at a camp. And I think you can have fun and hype and amusement uh, for sure. But sometimes there's so much emphasis on the hype and the amusement and the rah-rah and not so much on the Bible. Or it's weak, it's moralistic, 
And there are some people who end up speaking at these camps, and they're there because they're good with crowds, or they're good with connecting with teenagers, or they're funny. They're not as good at handling God's Word. And that kind of goes along with what you were saying, some of the, the staff that's there. I think they can tend towards emotionalism. Obviously, God gave us emotions, and God himself has emotions. But emotionalism is just where you make the, the mountaintop experiences that you talked about, the pinnacle, and uh, talk, everybody talks about the camp high. And so uh, I think that can be a problem. And this is just a, a much more practical concern, but the days are filled with activity, late bedtime, early rising, all this kind of stuff, and so much so that the kids are tired when they have a moment to kind of sit down and be quiet and listen, and it may make it harder to focus on the Lord, um, and that may not be the case for everybody. I mean, I remember going to some of these things, and the Lord working in my life, I mean, I can't recall necessarily the, the sermon I heard when I was 16 at, at Centrifuge, but um, I do remember the Lord working in my life in, in one of those particular camps. So those are just some concerns I have. So what kind of things do you think churches should consider before deciding on camp? Like the, uh, where they're going to go or not, which one, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so, I would ask if it's uh, taking away from family discipleship. Uh, that's definitively one of the things that I, I would consider for a church, you know. And and, re- and I bring this up with, with a lot of kind of things uh, and because I think the times of family discipleship can, can be rare. And if that is not a common thing in church, I probably wouldn't add this kind of thing when it might be getting away with it. So um, that, you know, I would also look into the oversight, uh, the, you know, who is overseeing this kind of camp, which I think is something that is not often considered about doing these kind of camps. You know, we just look at, you know, whether it's fun, uh, but uh, I, you know, I know sometimes independent camps can be independent in the sense that they lack a spiritual oversight, lack any kind of accountability to what they teach. Uh, I think there's actually benefits of, you know, for example, uh, the camp that we're going to is not only through Lifeway, Southern Baptist Convention. It's actually at Skycroft, uh, which is owned by the state, our state Baptist uh, Convention, which you know means that they're going to make sure that. They don't ha- bring anybody in who's going to teach, you know, modalism or something other terrible. So, uh, I, you know, I've heard, actually legitimately heard of that happening in a camp. So, uh, but uh, I, I would look at if the lessons are moralistic. And I would say that if you cannot look up what lessons they're teaching well in advance, uh, that is a really, really bad sign about any kind of Christian camp. Uh, you know, if they're first and foremost getting to what the fun theme is, and, uh, you know, the activities, and then their next thought eventually is what the lessons are going to be. I, I would not be remotely interested in that kind of camp. Uh, but then when you find out what it is, look at if it's kind of moralistic. Look if it's a dare to be a Daniel kind of thing, or if it's actually in any sense encouraging biblical discipleship and gospel centrality. Uh, but lastly, I would seriously think about this kind of revivalism that is rooted in it, this kind of, you know, mountaintop experience. Experience and and think about whether or not uh, this kind of really alter call theology, which I think almost all of these camps, with some exceptions, are going to kind of build towards an alter call, whether that theology is biblical or helpful at all. So what do you think, Ben? Hmm. I think you raised some really good issues. Um, yeah, you want to ask, what are they going to do? Uh, who is teaching? 
um, shepherding that kind of thing. I think you want to consider safety measures that may be in place for the protection of children and youth. Um, I think another thing to consider is who else will be there. Some camps, I mean, I don't know if where it's maybe just your church will be going to the facility doing your own thing, and there's not going to be other churches. Some of these big camps, there's going to be lots of other churches. And, I mean, that can be a manner of distraction for your kids, your students, um, especially the ones who are old enough to, to develop sexual attraction. And, you know, they're thinking about all the people they're going to meet and uh, attract and that kind of thing. Um, I think another thing to consider is cost. Um, will us doing this, you know, will it exclude people in the church? Um, are there ways we can overcome that? And a lot of times that's the case. And I mean, there are a lot of people in churches, even if the church itself can't put budgeted money to help offset those costs, there are people in the church who will, who are more than willing to uh, sponsor kids to go. Um, but you don't want to kind of drive some kind of wedge where it's like, oh, well, the, the rich kids can go to camp, but, you know, the poor kids in the church, they, they can't. But, yeah, I mean, I really like the things that you brought up. So what kind of things do you think parents, on the other hand, so we looked at church, but what, what about parents uh, in considering to, to send their kid to camp or not? What kind of things should they look at? So... As we've kind of talked about the parental discipleship importance even in the summer, so I would definitively ask how busy your family is. And, you know, and I suspect there are some families, you know, uh, that, you know, we get a lot of family time, a lot of time to really focus on discipleship with your kids, and it's not going to be that big of a deal if they have five or six days away at these kind of camps. And I think if that's the case, perhaps it's a more reasonable decision. If you're a family that's so slam-packed that this is going to get in the way of any kind of family time, I think that's something you should also weigh in heavily and probably not go. Uh, so I, I would also say, you know, parents should look into same concerns as above because as much as, you know, a church is going to make these kind of decisions, the reality is that I, I suspect that almost every church that's going to camp has limited volunteer resources. And, uh, you know, you could have a really gospel-centered ministry that takes uh, to a not really great camp. So I, I think a parent has a duty to look into what these camps are going to be teaching their kids. Uh, and lastly, uh, this is kind of similar to what you talked about the cost. I ask if this is a wise stewardship of our resources. The reality is these camps can get ridiculously expensive. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the camp that we take is not too bad. Uh, but, you know, I, I know if winter retreats are kind of the same. I mean, I know a winter retreat that costs the same amount of money as the camp that we're taking our kids to in the summer. And uh, I just wonder whether spending, you know, $1,000 perhaps on a week of camp is a, a great way to use the limited resources that God has given you. How have you been? Well, I think, yeah, some of the same things that a church should consider, I think parents who care about their children's souls and their formation in Christ, those are the kinds of things they should be asking as well. Uh, I know of a family that a few years back didn't want their kids to go to camp uh, with the church because the, the person that was going to be teaching, um, they objected to some of the views this person held doctrinally. Now, I didn't necessarily share the perspective that it was dangerous. However, I do respect the, the awareness and say, well, no, we... We don't, we don't want our kids exposed to that. We think we need to protect our, our you know, 
our teenagers from this. Um, and so it was, I think, a, an example of someone stepping in and showing leadership in that area. And the thing you you raised about the uh, the resources, just asking, is this a worthy investment of time and resources? And just you've done well at bringing about how it relates to parental discipleship. And um, I think it can just depend from family to family whether it's a good idea or not. Um, and, and some of those things, they really can be expensive. And you, you look at if you have multiple kids, um, that's another factor. But again, it, it can be a wonderful thing. I mean, I'll say now God is sovereign. He can do what he wants, when and how and, and all of that. But I was at a camp. And I was 16 or 17, I can't remember which, um, I think it was 16, when I started to get, I was away at this camp, and I got a sense that the Lord was, you know, having me go towards ministry. And then, you know, there were other things beyond that in the local church that I was involved in, that I was going to camp, you know, with them, um, where that had a chance to grow, those gifts you know, I was having a chance to serve and to teach even as a 16, 17 year old. And so it was a good setup. Even though, I mean, that church had some, some issues. Thankfully we had a godly pastor and uh, a godly youth pastor and they came alongside. So, I mean, there was certainly, I, I don't know if it was being away from the distractions of, of normal life um, that the Lord used that to work in my life. But Anyway, so it's, I don't think it's a slam dunk that, oh, yes, you, you have to go to camp, or, oh, no, this is terrible. So, Tony, I mean, we've talked about several times here how this affects parents discipling their own children. Well, how can parents uh, or how can churches work to involve the parents in the discipleship of their kids in this camp process? And what about the kids who have parents that aren't involved in the church or are just unbelievers? Yeah, so those are some good questions. Uh, I actually think in both cases, uh, where the parents are unbelievers and the parent wants to be involved in discipleship, uh, I think encourage them to follow the devotions if it is a gospel-centered camp. Because uh, I, I suspect that um, most gospel-centered camps are going to either make available the devotions the kids are doing, or I know Centric Kid uh, a lot op- makes available, as well as Fuge Camps makes available like parent pages so that parents can kind of follow along and discuss later. So I, I think that would be extremely pivotal. And, and I think perhaps if, you know, the kid is not churched and the parent and they're just curious to find out about what their kids are going to learn, which might happen, you might get the gospel to this lost, these lost parents in this case. Uh, I, I think also it'd be important to, it's necessary to have parent meetings in these cases always, uh, but use the parent meeting as, as in part a teaching opportunity uh, on the need to connect this to home, as well as the importance of progressive uh, sanctification rather than this kind of mountaintop experience. Uh, what would you add to that, Ben? Well, I, I really like what you said, and I have not been involved with camp in quite a while. I think the last time I was at a camp, um, was like the year after we got I got done with college. Anyway, I wasn't even at camp. It was a retreat. I went and spoke at a retreat. I just have been removed from that scene for a long time. So I'm glad to hear that the camps themselves are even having those parent pages because um, that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, communicate with the parents. And even the church can communicate with the parents, you know, pre-camp 
and even during the camp, if you had someone designated that, hey, you know, this is what we heard tonight or what we're focusing on, hey, pray this today for your child. Um, and then afterwards. And so, and just giving them the tools to engage with their kids. Then, you know, as far as the, the lost folks, I think, you know, maybe you could have an adult or a couple from your church who could intentionally step out into that spiritual parent role to try to take that, that child under their wing. Not that they're trying to co-opt the role of the kid's parent, but if, if you know the parent is not really interested in, in talking about these things, um, having someone who will take some personal interest in them in an appropriate way and, uh, and show love to them. And, and like you said, I mean, trying to connect with those parents. Um, it, it, if you have some kind of parent meeting before or after, um, it may be a way to get lost parents to consider their own child's soul and what they're doing to form and to shape them in that area. Because I, I think many would even recognize, even if they're not believers, that, I mean, they, unless they're just out and out naturalist, which probably most folks are not going to be, um, they would recognize something about the soul and, and something about spirituality, even if in vague terms. But uh, there would be an openness to go, huh, you know what, I guess I do have some responsibility with what's being formed in my child's soul. Now, they may be just thinking about it in pure terms of morality, um, but it could be a doorway in to share the gospel with them and to get them to consider uh, what they're doing. And maybe I'm not adequately prepared in this and there's more I need to consider. So uh, it could be a good opportunity for ministry. That's good. That's good work, brother. Well, Tony, thanks for thinking about this with me. Uh, hopefully you'll be mulling over these things as you're away at camp in the, the coming days. Um, but, you know, I just got to thinking, hey, this is uh, this is something worth talking about, and it's going on. I didn't realize that you had so many camps going on this summer. But uh, hopefully it's a benefit to those who listen, and as they consider, you know, this, this summer and, and uh, the coming summers, if the Lord gives us those, uh, how to make the most of these opportunities. So thanks for listening. God Amen. bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.